Vox Quick Hits. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. The housing market is hot right now. But is it overheating? That's a hard question to answer. Stories about the housing boom are everywhere lately. People are getting into intense bidding wars and going to some pretty wild lengths to try and get a house. The frenzy has a lot of people wondering whether we're in the midst of another housing bubble. After all, the memory of the last housing crash looms large. So are we in a bubble or aren't we? And what even is a bubble? Jerusalem Demsis is here to discuss. She covers housing policy for Vox. What is going on right now in the housing market? It seems kind of wild. Yes, it's it's very wild. There are so many statistics out there that kind of showcase just how um, hard it is right now to be a home buyer. More than half of the homes in the country are selling above list price. There are stories about people playing a lottery to see if they can maybe get the honor of building a house on a new lot. And then, of course, there are different things happening in the lower end of the market where renters have seen their rents rise in some places. And then, of course, people who haven't been able to buy a home are, you know, really angry and feeling a lot of FOMO as they watch people lock in low mortgage rates and uh, lose bidding war after bidding war. There's a lot more all cash offers coming in, people waiving inspection fees. The CEO of real estate company Redfin tweeted out a story about how a woman wrote a letter offering to name her firstborn child after a home seller if they (laughs) promised it to her. So all these kinds of stories are really just leading you to the same place, which is that the housing market is a really wild place to be right now. Prices have appreciated really quickly over the last year. And there are a lot of reasons for that. Wow. So I guess like, I don't know if that would convince me to sell my house. (laughs) I don't care what your kid's name is. I just want your money. I can't tell if maybe it was just facetious. Like, you know, I'll do anything. I'll even name my firstborn child after you. But he seemed to think it was serious. So I don't know. And so obviously for a lot of people, you know, on a serious note here, the last housing crash looms large, right? We were here not that long ago. Is this a bubble? And what is a bubble just for people who don't know? Yeah, I think this is kind of a really important place to start because, of course, people are going to look back just less than 20 years ago to the quick price appreciation we were seeing in the housing market in 2004, 2005, 2006. And of course, after that, what ended up being record unemployment, 10% unemployment, and a housing market crash that led to a lot of different problems. So, The problem is that housing bubble isn't really a strict economic term. What it seems to mean in common jargon when people are talking to each other is that they think that prices have risen a lot and that they're going to come crashing down. 
And, you know, that's not a really, <laughs> you know, specific definition for something. And at the same time, too, it seems to be something that people are just paying attention to when it's an asset that they care about, right? Like prices rise and fall for things all the time, even for things that are really important to Americans, like used car prices have been rising significantly, uh, much more than housing prices have risen over the last year. But no one's like Googling, like, when is that used car market going to crash? Right. And is there a bubble in the used car market? Or very few people are. But in general, economists have been looking, trying to define this term, and they, they look for two things. One is, have prices risen really fast over a short period of time? That's definitely true. The second thing is that the reason that price is rising detached from like fundamental reasons that we would expect prices to rise, like lower supply and increased demand. And then... On top of that, there's this amorphous sort of like frenzy that they're looking for. Like, is there this weird sense that people have got to get in on it or they're going to be missing out or they're going to be missing out on some big thing? Robert Schiller, who is a Nobel Prize winning economist, explained to me that he thinks of bubbles in terms of like epidemiology and that there's like an epidemic of an idea of a feeling of what someone should be doing with their life or something that's cool. And that is something that accompanies the price appreciation that starts indicating to people that something might be wrong there might be a bubble, that the reasons that prices are rising aren't just the simple supply and demand, but that there's something else that's irrational fueling this kind of change. And one thing I would add to that as well is that there is an attempt to kind of quantify the times that prices have risen really fast in a certain asset and to see if that increased the probability of a crash. Harvard economist Robin Greenwood and a couple of his fellow researchers looked at 40 times when stock prices have increased over 100% for an asset. While they did find that a quick price boom does increase the probability of a crash, they did not find that it means that the crash will be inevitable. So there are times just when prices just rise for a bunch of different reasons. Sometimes economists know the reason, sometimes that they don't, but it is a necessarily mean that you're going to see a housing market crash. Right. So basically, I would imagine that's what's kind of driving people now is like, well, if I don't get in now, is this just perpetually shutting me out? Yes, exactly. So obviously, bubbles are a little bit hard to define. But what's the case that we are seeing a housing bubble right now? So the first thing is, I think, something that everyone has noticed, that prices have gone up a lot. <laughs> um, CoreLogic is uh, a firm that has an index that shows that housing prices have recorded an annual gain of 13%. Um, that's the highest since February of 2006, which was, of course, when home prices were rising before the Great Recession. And then if you look at different submarkets, it becomes even more drastic. Places like Idaho, you're seeing like 27.2% year-over-year increase. So it's clearly a situation where there is a lot of fear that the fundamentals might be there. Um, and there's also, of course, this contagion factor. We talked at the beginning of this episode about all of the really weird things people are doing to try to make sure that they can get a home that feel potentially irrational. Like Washingtonian Magazine looked at a bunch of different open houses and found that realtors were having to be bouncers in some places because people were trying to cut in line. There's anecdotes that I've heard of people camping out the night before an open house in very wealthy areas to see if they can snag one. So this is kind of behavior that doesn't feel normal or something that's like a rational way to behave when you're trying to buy something. The second big reason why you would think that this might be a bubble is that um, while economists are pointing to a lot of fundamental reasons why home prices might have appreciated, none of those just suddenly really appeared in 2020. For a long time, we've known that millennials, the largest generation in American history, were going to be entering the housing market. And you would have expected to see a gradual increase of them doing so if it was simply kind of like an 
increased demand type situation. And of course, we've had low mortgage rates for a couple of years now. So, you know, why the fast price growth last year specifically? Why wasn't it just gradual if it's just these fundamental reasons that are pushing the housing market into this high level of home price appreciation? And so at least some of it has to be that kind of frenzy that we're talking about here. And then, you know, finally, there is also the Federal Reserve has intervened in the market a lot in order to kind of ensure that the housing market didn't crash at the beginning of the COVID-19 recession. The Fed bought over the course of last year, like over a trillion dollars in mortgage bonds. The goal of doing that is to lower mortgage rates, which of course has spurred demand in mortgage rates are fundamental. But, you know, that's something where uh, people might feel a need to get in before the Fed stops doing that and may not be acting perfectly in, in rational interests. I mean, I know I have anecdotally one friend who definitely bought a house like a month ago at the top, you know, who knows if this is the top of the market by outbidding everyone. And it, there was a moment of like, okay, but why now? Like, why, yes. <laughs> why the rush? So yeah, exactly. I guess I'm curious then what's the case against there being a housing bubble? People saying this isn't, you know, really nuts. This is just how it should be right now. Well, I mean, the case against it is just that the fundamentals are really just fundamental. I mean, we've had really low housing supply for a really long time, and that has led to home prices have been growing for a long time, ever since, obviously, the the bottom out of the Great Recession. But we've exceeded the level at which home prices had risen during the Great Recession in 2017. So that's before there was ever a bubble. Mm -hmm. Home prices have been rising really exorbitantly. There's been really low supply. I think demographics are also a thing when we're talking about millennials entering the home market. But also on top of that, we have seen in the last year an increase in the ability for millennials to even make a down payment. So, you know, personal savings and the stock market went up significantly last year because people were staying home. They weren't able to go to the movies. They weren't able to go to restaurants or go out with their friends. And so they saved a lot. That meant that for a lot of them, there was this increased ability to actually make a down payment on a home or to find themselves in a financial place to purchase a home. And so there are reasons there why you would just expect that to happen regardless of whether or not there was this accompanying frenzy. And I think that one thing to caution folks who might be on a team home bubble is that even if there is kind of a bubble, even if there are places where prices have risen quite precipitously, there are fewer people this time around who are going to default on their mortgages mm. because, of course, the people who have been able to buy homes are wealthier. There are people in a much better financial position following the Great Recession. The federal government ensured that there were higher credit standards for being able to get a home. If I scores to be able to be approved for a mortgage are higher than they were before. And so that's a double-edged sword, of course. It means that, you know, lower-income people have been locked out of being able to access homeownership. But it also means that if there is a downturn in the housing market, you likely won't see as many people just being unable to make their mortgages defaulting and leading to kind of a larger spiraling within the market. So what's the fix here? Like, How do we... <laughs> I think I know that you know, you talk <laughs> about this all the time. Yeah. So Jerusalem... What's the fix here? Build more homes. I think that the the really interesting thing here is that it is almost irrelevant whether or not this is a bubble for what the policy response has to be long term to fix the housing crisis that we are in. There are not enough homes for people to live in, especially in the job centers that are most desirable to people. In metropolitan areas where you have jobs and higher wage jobs, people are unable to make rent. People are unable to even think about buying a house. And the fundamental reason for that, that economists and realtors and 
everyone is finding is that there's just like fewer homes available every single year. And the reason for this is primarily that at the local level, there are local politicians and homeowners, some homeowners who block development in their neighborhoods. There is a concern from them that, you know, that's not fully rational, that it might affect their home prices. And so they don't want to see any more uh, development happening in their area. There are some people who do it for classist reasons. They want to have suburbs that are fully higher income individuals in their area, and they're worried about what types of people might move into their neighborhood. But for whatever reason, we have gotten to the place now where people, especially in places like San Francisco, Los Angeles, Seattle, New York, DC, Boston, all these places, you're going to grow up, have kids, and you're your kids will not have a place to live. You're going to grow up and you're going to retire. And on your fixed income, you probably will not be able to afford your house. You'll want to downsize. There will not be a house available for you in your community for you to be able to go to. You know, for a long time, we've seen housing insecurity, but it's gotten to the point now where housing insecurity has reached even upper middle class children who have graduated from college and have nowhere to live. They're living five to a home in like a row house um, in in like San Francisco. And like, you know, that is a sign of just how broken the market is that someone who has that level of privilege and access to capital is unable to find a place to live that is comfortable for them. And it's something that has been a policy choice for a while. Building more homes would allow prices to come down. There are other things kind of stopping that right now. I know, Emily, you've written about lumber prices, but this has been pre-existing problem for years that has nothing to do with the inputs and has everything to do with onerous regulations at the local level. So bubble or not, build more. Literally, yes. (laughs) Well, thanks so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Jerusalem Dempsis is a policy reporter at Vox, and you can find her on Twitter at Jerusalem Dempsis. I'm Emily Stewart, and this is Tell Me More. Our producer is Sophie Lalonde. You can find more stories from Vox in the Vox Quick Hits feed wherever you get your podcasts. Are you trying to buy a home? We'd love to hear from you. Email us at tellmemore at voxmedia.com. Don't forget to check out our show notes for links to learn more about what's going on with housing. You can read Jerusalem's full story and revisit our episode about the lumber shortage.